Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome to Bois. Uh, we are a King of the Hill podcast. I am Mike. And I'm Rusty. Rusty. Season 3, Episode 22, Death in Texas. Yeah, Death in Texas, which is a play on the Benjamin Franklin quote. Uh, how does it go here? Uh, hey, guys, look at my kite. No, no, no. Hey, guys, look at my kite. I'm trying to remember <laughs> how it goes here. Uh, I enjoyed that. I thought that was good. <laughs> hey, guys, look at my kite. It's a Ben Franklin quote. Yeah. Uh, uh, something about death and taxes, I'm assuming. Yeah, something right? about death and taxes. I really, when going into this, I thought um, it would be about taxes. I, I did not remember this being about her smuggling in stuff. Yeah, it's the it's the quote, uh, everything seems to promise it will be durable, talking about the Constitution. And then he says, uh, in this world, nothing is certain except death and taxes. Mm. In King of the Hill podcasts. That's true. That's right. Yeah, At least one's from us. Yeah. Okay, so we start this one. We got no bell, no yell. No bell, no yell. Hey, and by the way, let me say the band's all here because uh, Mason is back producing. Mason is today. He's, yeah. he's on the ones he's and here. twos today. He's yeah. on the ones and the twos, uh, taking it from the floor to the ceiling. I'm not dead. He's not dead. Yeah, Hooray! He is alive. All he right. He's paying taxes, but the death part hadn't caught up to him yet. It's true. Yeah. Thank God, all of us. Man, I went to see a show. <laughs> Taxation last night. is theft. Taxation is theft. There it is go. definitely. <laughs> it definitely. I went to see a show last night in uh, in Deep Ellum in Dallas. Yeah, yeah, Dallas. Uh, fantastic show. I just want to give a shout out to a band uh, called Thumposaurus. Thumposaurus. It was right. one of the. It was just a great show. Very, very good. Well choreographed. Well, just really well done. Oh wow! Had a little hole in the wall place. It was too. just super good. Yeah, it was great. The primordial yeah, it was cool. groove of the universe verse thump thumped its way through all things. Yeah. Yeah, I they like are, that. and so <clears throat> you know, me being the the driver of this of this network, I have cards with me at all times. So yeah, I, hope I, so. Uh, I I met them. They have conceded to do an interview with us, um, with some of our show. I don't know who uh, the opening band. I got them on board. Do they like King of the Hill? I don't know. 
and then I met I met this I met this lady there who does a podcast with her friend in Washington D.C. and the friend in Washington D.C. used to be on Dateline, and she wants to bring her show over. So it was a very fruitful night. Yeah, that is fruitful. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I love it. All right. Uh, also, That's ate great. at Gus's World Famous Fried Chicken, and that Golly. was just fantastic. That Gus. is the worst. I mean, the best. Gus's not the Famous worst, the best. Fried Chicken. Oh, God, it was so good. Have I ever ate there? Yeah, is I think they have them in a lot of places. No, you said Dallas, it was right? In da- it was in Deep Ellum. Yeah. yeah, Deep Ellum. Oh, yeah, I have eaten there. I've eaten yeah, there. That they got the spicy else, one. Man. I like the spicy oh, one. Oh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I had it in uh, the one in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think they opened one. In, I think they've opened some in San Antonio now and different places. Yeah. Very good stuff. No, I like it. Uh, you know, the, it, it's it, what it reminds me of. It reminds me of like what we had talked about the other week, where it was you're at the uh, you're at the Fellowship Hall. Yeah, yeah. And you've got all the different you've fried got chickens. all the different yeah. fried chickens, mm-hmm. but there's always one that's yeah. just yeah. top tier above the rest. Above, yeah. And for me, it was always the whoever had the the crunchiest, spiciest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. With like well, the right ratio of crunch to spice. The cool thing always, is, like, they yeah. had two different kinds. So you you get the regular fried chicken, and it's super crunchy and just so juicy. And now I want chicken, um, and and it's a little spicy. It was great. And then my buddy Casey, he he got some tenders also, and they're completely different. But they were super tender, not spicy, uh, all white meat, just. Ugh so good yeah they are good they were Baked delicious beans. no they were they were great Coleslaw. yeah the one i ate at was at 1067 west magnolia avenue fort worth texas yeah delicious y'all go check them out mine is yeah. gus's in deep ellum there wherever is, there it is this is yeah. not a uh, paid we, endorsement the one you're talking about is actually on commerce street 2904 commerce street okay yeah, and yeah, then yeah. we walked down i don't know several blocks to the uh deep ellum art company uh just a fantastic little venue kind of a hole in the wall but then you step outside and they've got this open area that's 15,000 square feet behind oh, it. Oh wow, so yeah, it's just it's huge. like a big huge, huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then inside plenty of room for a show. It's just a beautiful place. Yeah, loved it a lot. No, I like it. Okay, so we are on season 3 episode 22 Death and Taxes. We start at the uh, in the in the Hill Kitchen. In um, the Hill Kitchen, yes. Yeah, in the Hill at. Kitchen. Hank is at the table reading the paper. Um, Peggy is putting baby peas in a pot for something she's making and Luann is setting the table. This is the only time we hear from Luann. Luann says, uh, the fork and the spoon jumped over the moon. No. Oh. And so she's she's very upset that she doesn't know how to set the table. Yeah, she's uh, very uncouth, unrefined. <laughs> I remember... Uh, she's just so simple. Well, simple little girl. Well, my mom worked in that industry and then uh, whenever I'd eat at my grandma's, my grandma ate real proper and stuff too. Yeah. And uh, it was, you know, you had to sit up straight, like your back had to be against the chair. Yeah, and you yeah. had to. That was one of my grandmothers. They were but, like that. But it's yeah. just, I never understood the logic behind having a five-year-old sitting mm. as far away as they could away from their plate. Yeah. And the inevitable mess that. They're training you, man. It's like putting a monkey in a diaper. Yeah, but I still like cannot eat five feet away from the pl- yeah, I have to eat yeah. over my plate. Sure. Prison know? rules. It's prison rules. We put that put that arm you above the put plate. The arm you eat it, it and you, you gotta eat it. it. Yeah. Right. Just in case. You gotta have a balled up fist with the other hand with your knife in it just in case. Just in case shit breaks out between yeah, you and your parents. You're sitting in Texas Roadhouse with a steak knife in your hand just looking around making sure nobody gets your steak. Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. So uh <laughs> Peggy is putting peas in a pot. Uh Bobby comes in with the mail. 
uh, and he's sniffing the mail. Yeah, and <laughs> which not, is not just he's the weirdest little kid. Not only is he sniffing it, but he's sniffing it and he's recognizing smells. Yeah. He's like, this yeah. letter smells like Luann. <laughs> the letters Luann used to get from her mom in prison. Only prisoner prisoner <laughs> whatever that means he hands it to Peggy and Peggy goes hmm Archer I don't know anyone named Archer Bobby says uh hey I've been pre-approved for a gold card who wants <laughs> ice cream he yeah. hands it to Hank and Hank just tears it up he goes oh Peggy in the background she's now got the letter open she goes oh listen to this it's from an old student of mine he's on death row she's so happy about this he's on death everybody. row whenever she says death row the whole room's <laughs> like what yeah <laughs> yeah and she starts to read from the letter and she says and I raise my hand for possibly the final question I hope that Ms. Peggy Hill will call on me one more time because she is the person who has had the most positive impact on my life sincerely Wesley Martin Archer and Bobby has a good point here he says uh, that's a good name for a killer <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was is, he, yeah. he says, what was he like, Mom? Did he speak like an evil genius? She says, I think maybe he had wavy brown hair. Or, or uh, was he that albino boy? Okay, Peggy. Uh, well, it'll all come back to me when I see him. Hank's like, oh, dear God. Uh, wait a second. You're not going to go into a prison, are you? She goes, Hank, I am a substitute teacher. I flit in and out of people's lives, and I never know if I've made a difference. With this boy, I did make an impact. Hank, ever with the good point, uh, he's in prison, Peggy. He's got a great point there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, his name, uh, Wesley Archer. Yeah. Wes Archer. He's yeah. the guy who is the animation director. Yeah. Is where they get the name yeah, from. Yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, that's uh, that's some trivia from our uh, friend Artie. He's back, Artie. Yeah, he's back with us still. He's still alive. So uh, it, as this is happening, or I guess it's a little later because Peggy has now gotten dressed up. Yeah. Uh, in a nice shirt and slacks. You know, a very a very uh, smart little outfit she's got on. Uh, and we see the other three guys, Bill, Boomhauer, and Dale, out in the in the alley. They're drinking, and they're listening to what's going on. Hank is following Peggy out to the car, and he goes, Dang it, Peggy, some of those guys hadn't seen a woman since they killed their wives. If you're going to insist on going, do you have to be all decked out like some disco dancer? And, and, and disco let's visualize dancer. this. Let's visualize this. She's got culottes all the way down right. to her tip of her toes nearly, <laughs> and she's got on a button-up shirt that's tucked yeah, in yeah. and buttoned up all the way to her. Well, that makes you a like disco dancer. Her Adam's apple. <laughs> Adam's apple. <laughs> I imagine Peggy probably has Adam's apple. That's fantastic. She throws a pretty. She's got a fast pitch, so I don't know. So uh, he is he is calling her a disco dancer, and she says, "Hank, please. Death row is perfectly safe. There's a code of conduct that all prisoners are ob, ob, oh, Jesus, ob, obligated to obey." It was a long night. I'm so sorry. Obligated is a bad word for me. You can leave that in. I don't care if people know I'm stupid. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sure. This is your last warning. <laughs> okay. Uh, she drives off. Bill, of course, waves at her like you know he's got any shot. Uh, Hank walks over to the rest of them. Boomhauer starts with, "Tell you what, Hank, man, I she did like a dang old uh, Susan Sarandon in that movie with Spicoli, man, talking about tasty waves, cool buzz, you know." Okay. Okay, it says that tasty waves, cool tasty waves, cool buzz. Okay, the movie he's referring to is Fast Times at Ridgemont High. It came out in 1982, directed by Amy Heckerling, who also directed Clueless, with, that had Brittany Murphy in it. Uh, Fast Times, of course. Look who's talking. She's she's been a, yeah, done yeah, a bunch yeah. of directing, mostly comedies. Um, and to be honest with you, she's one of my favorite because Fast Times encapsulated the early 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clueless encapsulated the early 90s. I mean, yeah. she did a she wonderful did, job with both of them. She did a really good job those. on both of them, yeah. It Very was written. pieces. Yeah. Uh, the movie was written by Cameron Crowe, who who wrote Almost Famous, Jerry Maguire, Singles, Vanilla Sky, all that stuff. Alias. Yeah. Uh, no. No, that was James Cameron. That was James. No. 
I don't know. No, James Cameron did that one with uh, Dark Angel. That's what I'm thinking there of. There you go. With uh, that, uh, Jessica or whatever her name is. B, uh, so he yeah. says, he says uh, Susan Sarandon with Spicoli. Well, the only movie that Spicoli is in is Fast Times at Ridgemont High. This movie stars Sean Penn, Jennifer Jason Lee, Judge Reinhold, several others. Susan Sarandon's not in this damn movie. So what he's confusing it with is Dan, Dead Man Walking that came out in 1995 with Sean Penn and Susan Sarandon. Is that, is that Spicoli <laughs> that, film too? It's not Spicoli, oh, okay. but it has uh, Sean Penn and uh, Susan Sarandon. So Boomhauer's a little wrong on this one. So he mixed um, it up. Okay. He, he confused Dead Man Walking with Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That's tough to do. Uh, Hank says, uh, are you just going to joke your way through your entire life, Boomhauer? <clears throat> Which it, it seems like something my dad would say. Um, Dale says, don't you, uh, don't you snap at Boomhauer just because you're losing control of your woman? Believe me, Hank, if you don't stop it here, the next step will be cutting your allowance. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets an allowance from Nancy. That's fantastic. Oh, actually, I looked something up on that Spicoli thing. So yeah. uh, Spicoli is the name of the dude on there. Sean Penn plays Fast Times at Ridgemont Yeah, Fast Times, yeah. Jeff Spicoli, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's the name. But okay. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only Spicoli he could be referencing. Yeah, that's it. And it's yeah, Fast yeah, yeah, Times, yeah. and there's no Susan there Sarandon There is no Susan Sarandon no. at all, no. Bill pops up and says, oh, you can't rein in Peggy Dale. Peggy's like a wild mare. She needs to run free, her chestnut mane blowing in the wind, flanks glistening with sweat. I'll stop now. He he knows. He knows <laughs> when he crosses the line. So it's yeah. not like Bill's an idiot. Not nah, a complete Bill, idiot. Bill is an idiot. Uh, Dale says, hey, Death Row, do you think Peggy's going to meet the executioner? I mean, he's getting all all horny about Flanks this. Flanks glistening you know? with sweat. Man, uh, I, 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 he would have to go home. I'd be like, all right, bud, time for you to go to the house, dog. <laughs> Hank says uh, she only mentioned the murderer. Dale's, uh, well, executioning for us exterminators. That's the major league, the, the show. And then he lights the smallest little cigarette butt I've ever seen in my life, sucks it down his windpipe, yeah. and starts coughing. Um, so now we go over to the prison. Uh, Peggy has started to come in. Uh, she has to go through the metal detector. The the the, the doors open up, or the jail cell doors. Uh, there's razor wire everywhere. There's a there's a guard tower. I mean, this is a big time prison. Yeah, it's you know, a this is, max security facility yeah, if you're in Texas. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Uh, and then she ends up uh, going. Well, she says the, the metal detector goes off. And the guard says, "Empty your table on that, or empty your bag on that table." Uh, and then he picks up her mascara and he goes, "We'll hold on to this. A con could use a mascara applicator to scoop out a man's uh, eyes right out of his head." I actually got a story. Uh, so when I was uh, in junior high, high school, I had a friend whose dad was a prison guard out yep. in the male prisons out here, and. Uh, he said that they could literally fashion weapons out of stuff that you would never, oh, ever, sure. ever imagine. Yeah. Now, think of this. A paper mache spear mm. out of magazines. Yeah. He said that the, what they would do is they would get the magazine. Roll they them would up. roll them up into a mm -hmm. point, and they would wet them. Yeah. And then they would let it harden, As and then they dries, would wet yeah. them, and they would let it harden. It's like paper mache. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just like a paper mache type deal. And they would yeah. make a spear sharp enough to where they could stab each other with it. It's crazy. Out of news, or out of, yeah. not newspaper, but yeah. out, of, out of magazines. They're, they're the guys that you would would figure would use an icicle to stab somebody to death because it disappears. You yeah, know, that yeah. kind of... <laughs> Well, not only that, it's like uh, I, I think a lot of the guys that are in there, some of these guys would be the the engineers and the the scientists and the people that are solving all kinds of oh, complex yeah. problems. Yeah, absolutely, if they would have sure. had like the mental health they needed as kids. Sure. Yeah. So uh, the the door buzzes open. 
uh, and and Peggy is now in the visiting room, uh, and this is your typical uh, uh, movie visiting room where there's glass between the prisoner and the and the visitor, and they have a phone they have to talk over, and so he comes in and he goes, "Hola, Senor Hill, you don't remember me? That's okay. Someone like you touches so many lives, and it, this just feeds into Peggy's ego. That's that's you it, know? and this like he's figured it out because ego. she was dumb enough to answer. She's going to be dumb enough to feed. Oh yeah, whatever bull crap he's yep. got to feed her. That's how he's thinking anyway. So he goes. She says, "Well, yes, I do. Who did you kill?" He goes, "I killed myself. At least I might as well have. As bad as <laughs> I feel about that's, it. That's good. Yeah, that's good." He says, "That's rich." One night I went with my buddy Ray over to his friend's house. Only he wasn't home, so I gave Ray a boots up to the window. He couldn't climb up and hold his gun at the same time. Logical. Yeah. Uh, that's why we were there to return his friend's gun. That's a, that's a yeah, great story. That, that's you got a great West. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she says super mm-hmm. believable. She goes, mm-hmm, I can that, see. And she's the that, her naive <laughs> right here is just off the charts. She goes, mm-hmm, I can see. Yeah, go on. He goes. So we get inside, and it turns out the guy was home. He was screaming. Alarms were ringing. And guy yells, "Don't shoot!" Believe me, it has the opposite effect when somebody says that. Yeah. <laughs> I just panicked. Next thing I knew, his head was blown off. She goes, "Well, it would be a comedy of errors if it wasn't so tragic." Peggy, what the hell is wrong with you? Uh, he says, you don't miss a thing, do you? How do you say Peggy Hill is the smartest, most talented woman on earth in Spanish? <sighs> Peggy with her, her Spanish. Uh, well, mm, that would be Peggy Hill es bueno. Well, it's just Peggy Hill is good. Yeah. That's all that yeah, is, yeah. Peggy. So now we're in the Hill living room, uh, and she's getting books off of this uh, off of this shelf. She says, well, the prison may think 10 back issues of Us magazine and a Bible make a library, but I do not. Wesley needs more than that to expand his mind. Hank, of course, is sitting there. He's drinking a beer. Uh, this is in the living room. He says, why bother helping him at all? He's just going to be executed. She says, very nice, Hank. Wes had only the best things to say about you. He was very supportive about you and your problems with your father. <laughs> so I don't know how long they <laughs> talked, but it was a very long time. He goes, you gave a convict personal information about how could you be that naive? She says, naive? Do you know what a prisoner could do with this? And she grabs his glasses off of his face, and she goes, he could jam it into your windpipe, and you'd be dead in two minutes. Hank's like, glasses are not a weapon. Guns are a weapon. You used to know that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're back at the prison visiting room, uh, and uh, the convict, Wes, is flipping through a book on one side of the glass. She's on the other side of the glass. She goes, what color is your parachute? It's a wonderful book about finding your inner self. He says, man, that is so great. Mrs. Hill, have you ever played What If? She goes, What If? Is that the one where you guys see how quickly you can stab a knife around your fingers? <laughs> he said, well, <laughs> that game's fun, but I don't think it has a name. She says, hmm, how about Stab Scotch? I love stab that, scotch. Yeah. Hopscotch, but with a knife, Stab Scotch. So you know what she's talking about, right, the the game? Uh, where you put your hand down and you go tick, 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 tick around your fingers? I don't know what it's fingers. called, but isn't it like It's called like- Mumbledy Peg. Mumbledy Peg. Mumbledy Peg, also known as Mumbly Peg, Mumble Peg, Mumble I'm a champion. At th- I'm a champion at it. So there was a uh, uh, a mini game on Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. The, the video where you had to game. play that? And they have it, yeah, where you set it down like that, and then you push. It gives you a sequence of buttons to push, and you push them fast enough because the guy's moving the knife as he's doing it. So if oh, you wow. don't push the buttons fast enough or in sequence, it'll, like, stab your hand. So Mumbledy cool. Peg is an old outdoor game played using pocket knives. The term Mumbledy Peg came from the practice of putting a peg about two or three inches into the ground, and okay. the loser of the game had to take it out of the ground with his teeth. Ooh. So that's why it's Mumble 
Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's sketchy. This uh, in Mark Twain's book Tom Sawyer, uh, he recounts Mumbledy Peg as one of the boys' favorite outdoor games. Mm. So there you go. That's where that came from. Mumbledy Peg. Don't play it, kids. It's dangerous. Yeah, don't play Mumbledy Peg. Don't play with knives. Let's, let's just not do that. Yeah. Uh, Wes responds with, "That's real good, Mrs. Hill." But uh, back to what if? I can't think helping. What if Mrs. Hill had been a full-time teacher? Maybe I'd be able to read these books. She goes, huh, you can't read? Now, that is a crime. I said, look. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> like, the dude's in here for murder. Like, he's on death row. You can't read? And she's like, you can't read? Oh, that's a crime. Like, why do you even care? The dude's not going to make it long enough to be able to finish the book. I went and did a TV spot uh, this week with uh, okay. with a local TV station. And yeah. I, I do it every two weeks and just talk about our shows. Right? Yeah. Um, so if you guys have anything you want me to secretly mention on TV, let me know. Um, but uh, I did this one where uh, we were talking about Mason's podcast, uh, Bibliophobia, right? Yeah. And uh, I said, I think he wants me to read something, but I can't read, and that's my secret shame. That's what I said in the middle of TV. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I love it. That's great. Uh, she goes, you can't read. No, you had to provide crime. us links to that so we could see that. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, he goes, look. I know it'd be unfair to ask, but if you would come in and tutor me, well, that's the hap- What's the happiest color on earth? She goes yellow. I mean, just immediately yellow. Yellow. I don't know what the backing is on that. Why it's yeah. the happiest color? I do know that my mother thought that yellow was the happiest color because our house growing up was this bright ass yellow on the metal aluminum siding. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. color Actually, of the, the house sun. I grew up in was yellow. It is the color of the sun. You're right. Uh, yeah. That must have been a, a era, era thing because uh, yeah. whenever they repainted the house that I lived in before we lived in it, uh, it was a yellow house. Mm-hmm. I do think people associate colors with feelings and stuff. You know, like red makes you angry and blue makes you, I don't know, horny. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, he says, what's the happiest color on earth? She says, yellow. He goes, well, then that parachute would be yellow. Okay, buddy. Uh, now we're at the Hill bedroom. Hank is in his T-shirt and boxers, and he's talking to Peggy as she is getting ready for bed in the bathroom. He goes, you gave that bastard our travel version of the Guinness Book of World Records? Travel version of the, the Guinness Book version, of World Records. And he's pissed about it. The only thing I can imagine is that it's just smaller, right? Yeah. He goes, and now you're going to teach him to read? She goes, Hank, I'm a teacher. And she turns around. She's got one of those damn nose strips on. Right, and I didn't know at first whether it was the sleeping one that keeps your nose open, but we find out it's not. No, no, no. Uh, she goes, Hank, I'm a teacher. I sell knowledge. I sell knowledge. I what sell a weird knowledge. way to describe a teacher. Yeah. And it doesn't matter to who, uh, whom. <laughs> he goes, even murderers? She goes, you work with propane, and that kills people. He goes, only when used by people that don't know how to handle it, and I know how to handle it. I mean, they're getting into a real fight here. Yeah, they're getting into a really, really fight. She says, and I know how to handle myself. I am not some corset-wearing lady who passes out with the vapors at the drop of a hat or a sudden garroting. Okay. So let's let's cover that just real quick. I know what it's garroting. Uh, so, again, video games. Hitman, one of the very first yeah. weapons that you get in the game, Hitman, is a garret. Is a garret. And that's just a mm-hmm. piano. Uh, you right. Know, and it's the thinnest, one of the thinnest piano strings. That's what I thought, too. Okay. But and it's I, not, and I think it? that is a version of it, right? It's uh, like a number something piano wire. This okay. So let me let me carry. I'll cover the garroting first. Uh, what is garroting used for? Uh, garrot, a device used in strangling condemned persons. So at uh, one point, this was used to execute to, people. So that's personal shit. It says yeah, that's in, more personal than like quartering and drawing right. somebody. It says in one form, it consists of an iron collar attached to a post. 
The victim's neck is placed in the collar, and the collar is slowly tightened by a screw until asphyxiation occurs. <laughs> Holy shit. That's, that's a hell of a way to die. <laughs> that's, that's out of there. And that doesn't just happen suddenly. So she's obviously talking about the piano wire on the two sticks. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And then she also mentions the vapors. What does it mean to have the vapors? In archaic usage, the vapors is a mental, physical, or psychological state, such as hysteria, mania, clinical depression, bipolar disorder, lightheadedness, fainting, flush, withdrawal syndrome, mood swings, or PMS, in which a sufferer loses mental focus. So there you go. There are the vapors. The vapors. I got the vapors real bad. Aren't the vapors mentioned again in the where we meet the Louisiana family of Bills? Yeah, Bobby because Bobby says that, he's got Bobby the vapors, learns right? that word. Yeah. yeah, Bobby's abuse of that word is uh, quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> so Hank hears all of this about the sudden garroting, and he goes, "Dang it, Peggy, I, I, I just can't. That's it. You leave me no choice. For your own good, I am forbidding you to go back there." And that's the last damn thing you want to do to Peggy. Oh, it's hilarious. Her yeah, it's, her response is funnier. Like his his response is just as funny as her response because oh, yeah. he's like, "Uh, well, oh, yeah. she he goes, just, he realized he fucked up seriously <laughs> in she, a quick way." She too. says, "You forbid me," you and he literally me. backs up when he says the rest of it. He says, "Unless you, uh, unless you decide to not go on your own, because I'll still support that." <laughs> she says, yeah, "Nobody." forgives uh, forbids peggy hill and then she rips that strip off her nose and it's obviously one of those to take off blackheads and she looks at it and goes, yeah huh <laughs> that's it. and that will take us to a commercial break real quick and we no, i forbid you from ah, taking a break. nobody forbids us all right we'll go to a commercial break we'll be right back guys All right. Uh, hope you enjoyed your uh, your bathroom break there. Uh, hey, before we get started again, I know you wanted to give some guys a shout out. Yeah. So uh, I deliver wine uh, in different places in in Texas. And That's not, one the, of the, not a euphemism for anything. It is not a euphemism for anything. I don't I don't sell drugs or anything like that. Uh, I was thinking sexual stuff. Oh, sexual. Sure. Oh, drugs, sex, <laughs> none of that. So uh, I go to this brewery. It's called Oddwood Brewing. Oddwood. And they are on 3108 Manor Road or Manor, Manor. Road yeah. uh, in Austin, Texas. Uh, they do dine-in, take, take-out, no delivery. Uh, what they're known for is their uh, small-batch craft beer. Yeah. So they're a, one of the craft beer places in town. Uh, <clears throat> they have, it's like a pizza place. Mm. They, they actually have this food truck out front, too. It's like Egyptian food. And uh, so what they had was uh, on the on the table they have merch uh, there at the bar, and I noticed it was like a King of the Hill theme merch. Uh, it, it wasn't a King of the Hill merch, but it was like four dudes with beer in their hands. You know, yeah. it, it was definitely it's definitely uh, an homage. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely an homage to King of the Hill. So I just said, hey, you know, I've got the number one King of the Hill podcast in the world. Talk to him for a few minutes. The world. And, uh, he uh, threw me this koozie. I posted it on Twitter for everybody to see. So, oh, dude, I know exactly where this is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, their pizza looks fantastic. Yeah, their pizza smells delicious. I've oh, never, I've never gotten to eat it. And stuff in there. Uh, yeah, he's got some old arcade yeah. stuff in there. He's also got some CRT TVs in there and stuff. Because oh, cool. the very, very first time I delivered to him, I ended up talking to him for a good twenty or thirty minutes about yeah. all that old retro stuff he's got. But they got a lot of neat stuff in there. It's a really neat, uh, neat 
neat place for a family too. It's like a good family place. It's like on uh, oh, he's got corner like airport and Mainer. I think is where it's at. Yeah. it's right there in East Austin. That's awesome. It's a, it looks like a beautiful little place. Yeah, uh, it's got I a mean, great outside area. Yeah, all that stuff. yeah, definitely got a beautiful little patio area. But the, but the thing is, is I deliver to a lot of places. Uh-huh. Not a lot of places are open when I deliver to them. Right. Uh, and usually the ones that are aren't as packed as this one, unless they're barbecue places. Right. Barbecue places are just always super packed. But this place right here, every time I go, they always have a crowd in there. Uh, they got, you know, all kinds of beer and stuff, but I, I don't drink beer, so I don't know. But yeah. they have hoppy stuff, lagers, sour beer. Yeah, uh, I was never a sour fan. They do stuff. That they had a, a collaboration with Zilker, which is a pretty big yeah. pretty big brand down yeah, there, yeah, too. Yeah. So, yeah, if y'all That's go cool. check them out, Oddwood Brewing, they're over there on 3108 Mainer Road, Austin, Texas. So if uh-huh. you're in, on, or near Austin in the next few weeks or so, uh, go check them out and, uh, and uh, Oddwood tell them Rusty, the wine delivery guy, sent you. Oddwood will be sending the invoice immediately after this. Yeah, I was fixing to say uh, nothing's free. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's a uh, no. It's great. That's a non-paid ad, but yeah, no. Go check them out. I've never even tried their food or their beer, but they're great people. Oh, so sure their food folks, yeah. and their beers got to be just awesome. as good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we come back from the commercial. We're at the prison in the common room now. Uh, this is where like people can actually touch each other and see each other and stuff, you know? So yeah. they've, they've gone past the window place. Uh, and, uh, it, Wes, the convict is uh, handcuffed and he's, he's doing something on a piece of paper and then he slides it over to Peggy. Um, and she says, well, obviously, since there's no one, uh, since there's only one of you, I cannot grade on a curve, but every day an assignment is late is one grade off and a day in the hole. <laughs> she just laughs about it. Like that. it's so funny. She goes, Oh, uh, and she she looks at the drawing he puts over. It's just a circle with another circle. That's on it. it. That's all it is. And she goes, "Oh, that's beautiful. Is that me?" He goes, "It's an apple." Okay, whatever I didn't really means. understand that that whole yeah, interaction. I didn't but that okay, whatever. Uh, now we're at the warden's office at the prison, and Dale has gone to see the warden. Uh, the warden says, "So you're telling me you'll spray the entire prison for just one dollar a month?" My word is my bond, sir, due to the fact that the staff wouldn't bond or the state wouldn't bond me or insure me. He said, mm-hmm. of course, the invoice will say two grand. Well, that's just procedure. Uh, I think we've got ourselves a deal. He goes, ha ha, read your manual. And as an official employee of the prison system, I now qualify to be the executioner. Where's old Sparky? Warden says, old Sparky has been put out to pasture. We use lethal injection. All right. Where's old Squirty? Dead is dead. Old I, don't squirty. Care, I don't care how we get there. <laughs> He said, Mr. Gribble, generally we choose one of the guards to be the executioners, and there's a rather long list of volunteers already. That's fucking grim. That is grim. The Uh, list of the volunteers is where the, uh, where some, I got some, uh, uh, trivia from. From Artie? Artie, yeah. yeah. Had a brain fart. So the trivia is you've got Alex DeLarge, Uh who's on there, and that's the, the uh, yeah, he's the one from A Clockwork Orange. Oh, wow. Alex okay. DeLarge is the main character from the Anthony Burgess novel and Stanley Kubrick film, mm-hmm. A Clockwork Orange. There's also another... Never liked that movie. I love Stanley Kubrick, but I didn't like yeah, that it's movie. Yeah, it's a creepy movie. I just didn't like it. I like I it. It's Weird. one of the... It's like a super critically acclaimed film. It's definitely yeah. up there. But I also don't it's like just weird. 2001. I don't think it's great either. Uh, you know why? Like... Doing more research, I've understood why some of these movies are like pinnacle stuff. And it's mainly to do with a lot of it has to do with not just the movie itself, but the technologies behind the movie. Sure. 
because also was, the time uh, the that time they came too. out. Yeah. So today's birthday is actually the birthday of I can't remember the guy's name right now off the top of my head, but he invented. Uh, he's like the very first animator to use uh, oh. like computerized stuff. So all the weird oh, stuff yeah. in yeah. 2001, yeah. all like the spinny stuff uh-huh. like that. Yeah. He was the guy who uh, pretty much revolutionized the technology That's behind cool. that kind of stuff. That's when they used to do the big matte paintings and stuff for all the settings and all the things. Yeah, it's, just, it's just cool, cool insane stuff. insane amount of work used to go into making these movies. Yeah. Now, uh, the last Still time does, I s- but I mean, yeah. it was a lot more artisanal work, like hands-on stuff. Now there's a lot of automation stuff that they didn't have back then the last last time i saw those hand matte paintings um is uh at the end of the mandalorian they show those matte paintings they used for like storyboarding and stuff which is kind of cool yeah you're right uh and then then another one of the name of the executioners one of the writers of this actual episode his name's john alt schuler he's on that list yeah he's on that list and then uh I think there was another one. The, the list more. we're talking about is the list of uh, volunteers that the uh, warden has. Yeah, I think that was yeah, that was it. That was it. He says it's a rather long list of volunteers, and Dale's like, "Put me on it, put me on it, please, 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 please." He goes, "All right, well, you'll be number one twenty nine." And then in in typical Dale fashion, he says, "Wingo, I'm gonna kill a killer. I'm gonna kill a killer." Wingo. And then the warden just erases his name from the book, which is probably the best move. Uh, Probably so. I don't think that anybody that puts their name on that list is uh, jumping up and cheering. No. And if you are, you should be taken off the list. And I feel like that a lot of the guys are on that list because they were like, they handed them and they were like, all right, it's your turn. You got to put your name on the list. It's not even people, like they don't even put it on there because they want to put it on there. Yeah. It's just like, it's a your turn kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah. you work here. It's your turn. Put your name on the list. It's like a shared. uh, Yeah, uh, shared responsibility. Yeah, shared responsibility that nobody wants. Uh, now we're in, in the evening and we're at the Hill breakfast table or the kitchen table. Uh, and uh, Peggy comes in and she puts that damn apple drawing over Bobby's uh, uh, essay on the fridge with a little pig magnet. And uh, Bobby says, uh, uh, Mom, you're covering up my essay on why pollution is bad. I've it got, got his. Uh, it I've got, got a show's improvement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got what it says. Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the essay that covers up reads. Some people might try to tell you that pollution is good. I think they are wrong. <laughs> pollution re- is good. Yeah. From all the research I have done, yeah. it seems to me that pollution is bad. <laughs> Very bad. Pollution makes the sky a funny brown color, and that is bad. Oh, the great. only way to stop all this pollution is if we just stop spilling oil and throwing our garbage around. My dad <laughs> said that if we all use propane, there would be a lot less pollution because propane is a clean, burning, oh. efficient fuel. I'm so sure that pollution is bad that when I get this paper back, I will never throw it out. <laughs> you know, I, I will say this for Bobby. Nothing he says is actually wrong. No. It's no. just it's written like <laughs> it a ain't. damn third grader. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. general, no, he's right. too. Yeah. He's right. He's my definitely dad says, on point. Any good paper has the quote, my dad says in it. Uh, oh, it, yeah, yeah. He's got to have that on, especially <laughs> at his age. Yeah. He says, it got to show improvement, which, okay. Uh, Peggy walks out of the kitchen and Hank is just like left there with Bobby and he starts shouting at her. Sorry, Bobby, but I guess we're just going to have to murder somebody to warrant your mom's attention. And then Bobby says, okay. And I just wrote down yikes next to that because Bobby's (laughs) just like, "Uh, okay, Okay. we'll kill somebody. Let's do it. Is that how we got to get her attention? (laughs) I'm hungry. (laughs) Dinner needs to be cooked. So we're back at the prison entrance. Uh, Peggy's coming in and now she's gotten to know all of these guys, all these guards and everybody. Uh, she comes in. She goes, "Hey, Sam!" Uh, and the the thing beeps. The uh, the the uh, metal detector beeps. But they just let Peggy keep on walking. 
I mean, literally, she could have done anything. She could have done anything. Yeah. yeah. And then this next lady comes in, it beeps, and they go, hold it. So, I mean, they're just giving Peggy this this deferential treatment, and she just gets to do whatever the hell she wants. Um, we now see her with Wes, and she pulls out a boggle set, uh, of course, because that's the way she teaches people to read. Uh, she, Why not, right? She turns the timer over and goes, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And then he just kind of stares at it. She goes, Wes, you're supposed to start finding words. He goes, oh, I'm sorry, Mrs. Hill. I'm just not used to such creative teaching. The guard comes over to look, and Wes kind of freaks out, gets super mad, and he goes, uh, hey, don't you dare touch her. You leave Mrs. Hill alone. And, I mean, he freaks out and jumps at him. And so the guards come over, three of them, and they hog time, and they start scream- they start uh, dragging him off. And Peggy's like, no, stop it, stop it. Oh, good God. And then uh, you hear Wes as they're hauling him off say, she, she's too good for you. She's teaching me to read. And then he gets he gets hauled off. We're now at the pink and white. Uh, and we This is the second time we have been at the pink and white. Uh, and it, I, I looked up pink and white uh, again this time, and I got a different answer. This one came from Urban Dictionary, so take it with a grain of salt, okay. or a grain of urban. Uh, it says, pink and white, proper noun, the generic name used for any sort of establishment such as a gas station, retail, or grocery store, or restaurant, or any place of lodging when one cannot remember the actual name of said establishment, commonly used when giving directions or suggesting a destination. The name is originally from the King of the Hill. Pink and Whites is the name of the fictitious, privately owned grocery store that puts okay. more importance on the customer's experience and memorable service than on competitive pricing and merchandise. This eventually led to the failure and closure of Pink and Whites. Uh, and here's like a quote uh, or a, uh, a, a way of using that. It says, uh, let's go down the street, you know, to the Pink and Whites on the corner. It's really close and there's always something on the menu everyone will like. So it's just a generic term for a place you can't remember what the name of it is. I don't know who wrote that, but it kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, it makes sense. So we're at the pink and white, which is what I'm going to start calling everything. Um, And uh, Dale is in the uh, detergent aisle trying on big yellow dishwashing gloves. You know, the kind that come all the way up to your elbows. You know? Yeah, 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 the big yellow rubber gloves. And there's some lady there shopping, and he tries these things on. He turns around and goes, excuse me, do you know if these gloves are good for killing a man? And that lady, in good fashion, just turns around and walks off. Yeah, and, and then, this, he was humming at this point, too, right yeah, here. Uh-huh. And uh, he's humming Sanford and Son. <laughs> okay, that makes total sense. Yeah. Um, she leaves, and then he picks up a turkey baster, which I just wrote down. In the detergent aisle? I mean, it's just a weird place yeah, to turkey have a turkey baster. baster. In the detergent yeah. aisle is an odd place for that to be, yeah, for sure. So now we're back at the prison. Uh, Wes uh, looks very sad, and his head is all bandaged up because I guess the guards uh, gave him a good flogging. He goes, uh, it was only three days in the pit. I thought the guard was going to touch your bottom. Uh, Peggy says, uh, oh, I tried to tell them that you meant no harm, but they would not listen. He goes, heck, they're all as dumb as a bucket of dirt. Anyway, that's why they hate Boggle. Oh, my God, that's the way to get to Peggy. Yeah, is she goes, they hate Peggy. Boggle. He goes, yeah. only because we love Boggle. When I was little, my Meemaw played on her I, My Meemaw played on her Boggle set all the time. I just watched 
being illiterate and all, but I dreamed of someday playing on that set. How naive can she be? Being illiterate. Though, he and wrote all. her. A, he wrote her. <laughs> that's a what I'm saying, right? Like, uh, he goes. Uh, I totally he, forgot uh, about that, Rusty. She wrote him a letter. damn letter. Not only did she write him a letter, like illiterate people sound illiterate. He doesn't talk like he's illiterate. No. He talks like a shyster, you know. He, yeah. he and a shyster knows shyster. words, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he goes, Peggy. That might be politically incorrect to say, actually. No, I, it's it? okay. I don't know. He goes, uh, <laughs> Peggy. If you get me my boggle set, you I can need make to, that dream come true. Yeah, I need somebody to send me a list of things I cannot <laughs> say. <laughs> I don't know if shyster is one of them. Uh, and she goes, I am a dream weaver. One of my favorite songs of all time, Dream by the way. Yeah, yeah it's great. So now we're at this broken down, uh, crappy little uh, house. Uh, it kind of seems like the neighborhood is pretty rough. Uh, there's a lot of chain link fences around. There's kids playing in the yard. There's bikes and shit everywhere. Everywhere, There's yeah. a dog barking at them next door. And the yards like a, are dead. Yeah, say it again. The yards, the yards are dead. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The yards are definitely dead. And then we see two dirty little kids running around. I, I just wrote white trash out there. That may be my shyster. Um and then no, uh, white trash is that's allowed. There's there's Jeanette who uh, is the girl that uh, Wes knows, and she's pregnant and she's smoking and she's got the two little kids running around. Wait a minute, I just thought of something. What? I feel, I mean, I, I shouldn't feel bad for it, but I kind of do now. It's like, wait, how? He's on death row. He's been in there for a while. Sure. How the hell is she pregnant? Well, Peggy refers to it. She says, "So Jeanette, I did not realize they had uh, that they allowed Wesley conjugal visits." So I guess oh, yeah, he's been going in there. Yeah. No, no, he. No, that was the joke. He's she's been cheating on him. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah I feel bad. Potentially. I, sh eh. I shouldn't feel bad. Though. Jeanette's well, a bad row. person. Dude. He's on death. She, he's she's on death row, hustling cocaine. Jeanette know. is a bad person. We 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 see her smoking as a pregnant lady, and then later on she proves how bad she is. So uh, she she tells uh, she tells Peggy Wes better get the whole set, and then she's done. Peggy takes the set. Uh, now we're at the prison. We see Wes open the boggle set, and he is super crazy jacked up about getting this boggle set. He says, oh, rock me Amadeus. And he pulls out that sand timer. And I just wrote down Coke with a question mark because you knew that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peggy goes, now, Wes, you shake the letters, not the timer. And he's just like, ah, all right, yeah, all right. Yeah, he's he just so to say, yeah, he's jacked to, up, man. Yeah. Now we're back at the Hill House, and Peggy's walking up to the fridge. Hank is standing there eating some ice cream or something out of a bowl, and uh, we see a picture of a baby in half an egg in a nest. So this is this reminds me of all of those. He he's put this picture up over the stupid drawing of an apple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because Hank is completely against this thing, but he's not forbidding Peggy to do anything. No, no. Well, you can't forbid Peggy from doing anything. She's a grown woman. So I don't she's know. A very independent. Girl she woman. is very independent until she's not. Who knows Spanish? Uh, very, very good. Very Spanish. bilingual. Yeah, dude. very bilingual. Might even be a polygot. We don't sure. know yet. Uh, so, do you remember the pictures of babies like in lettuce and you know half an egg and all those all those crafty ass pictures that used to be around in the eighties and nineties? Oh yeah, that was a thing. Was yeah, it? it was. So the lady. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> the lady that uh, that did that. Her name was Ann Gettys. Uh, she was like, she was like one of the most famous people on the planet at one point because she took these damn pictures of what these babies and Gettys. G D D E S. Oh my gosh, I, I didn't even put it in. You said it right. Yeah. 
All right, what I did is all I typed in, in Google was baby babies <laughs> in food. That's right. Yeah. And then yeah. you said and, and then, oh, my oh gosh, yeah. it's listening to so us. this talking is about, like, the peas in a pod <clears throat> thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like that. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Well, definitely. Whatever just happened. So in 2020, I took this from an article in 2020. It was on uh, news.arcnet.com. Uh, Ann Geddes was once the queen of baby photography. Now she's hit hard times and is asking for your help. Uh, so in 1996, she published her book down in the garden, turning babies into bed, into beds of roses and tucking them between the soft petals of tulips. Yeah. Oprah discovered it and flew her to Chicago to appear on the show. She named the work, the best coffee table book she'd ever seen from there. Gettys was uh, catapulted into the worldwide scene of being known quote unquote. And the book flew into the top of the New York times bestseller where it remained for weeks. Gettys went on to appear on an episode of Friends, and she shot a book with Celine Dion. So, I mean, she was she was the tits at one point, you know. Yeah, well, not only that, once you once you touch Oprah's stage, oh it's yeah, over, sure. Yes. Well, so this again was an article that was ninety six. This is an article in twenty twenty. So that's twenty four years later. She says that every one of those photo shoots, it would cost somewhere between two hundred fifty and three hundred thousand dollars to shoot one of those things. Uh, and that the internet and cell phones made it all just go away. Like she couldn't do it anymore because people crazy. could stage your own crap. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. they could take really good photos, but she oh, did. My so- heart goes out to her. <laughs> my heart will go on uh, yeah. from Celine Dion. Um, she goes, it was a relief to be honest. She says, I think everyone thinks I'm this global icon who owns every photograph of a baby that's ever been produced or that people are copying me all over the world, but that's just not the case. And things aren't now what they were then. So she's not by any means down and out, but uh, she's certainly not what she was at the time. Yeah, she's out and out and about and around. Yeah, and but down. she sounds she sounds happy about it. Uh, well, so it's probably a relief. She probably she's probably had all the like some people they oh, have yeah. everything yeah. they never find happiness. Oh sure, and some Brittany of them, Murphy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some Same of them kind of when they have it, they just they don't care yeah. enough, and they let go of all of it, and they sure. go back to being happy. Some people, it, you know, it eats them up and kills. Well, them, I think the universe did it for her. You know, it's just like all these other things came and and <clears throat> stopped that. But what we yeah. see on the fridge is a picture of a baby in half an eggshell in a nest, and he, the baby's just very happy. Uh, it is the goofiest thing I've ever seen. Uh, but Peggy walks up to it and goes, "All right, who covered Wes's drawing with this crap? I mean." crap she says yeah. uh hank's like oh peggy i just thought that maybe if you saw some happy pictures you might want to do happy things like not visiting death row and here goes peggy let me paint you a happy picture hank a broken down illiterate man with nothing but death staring him in the face spells out the word party with his family boggle set and then he croons white christmas to me as i leave his cell for the day uh then she crumbles up the damn baby picture just throws it on the floor and leaves and she goes now that is a happy picture hank and then you just see a sad Hank. <laughs> now, uh, the reason he's saying white Christmas is because he's got his white he's got his white powder. Yeah, he's got the white powder. Yeah, she just doesn't get it. The Columbia marching powder. So now we're back at the prison, uh, and and Wes has an empty timer, and he says, and then everybody started fighting, and the guards were in there just swinging their clubs, and I couldn't get to the boggle set in time. She goes, it was ruined. He goes, oh, just the timer. Just Jeanette, the timer. She'll <laughs> Jean- give you a new one. Jeanette yeah. will give you a new one. Yeah. We're back at the uh, uh, we're back at the quote unquote shit house, uh, and this is where I say Jeanette's a bad person. We have a baby in a chicken wire cage sitting in the in the front yard. 
No good well, person knows that. Where else you're supposed to keep them damn things at? <laughs> Bathroom, they, like yeah, everybody in else. The pen. Bathroom. They can't get out of tubs. Everybody knows that. Uh, so we're back there, and Jeanette's talking to Peggy, and she goes, Wes is a little slow. He needs more time. And then gives her the biggest damn sand timer I've ever seen. Biggest it's huge. Sand. Peggy says, well, you realize this is not a regulation timer. This will make tournament play impossible for Wes. She goes, uh, okay, and just backs up and closes the door in Peggy's face. Uh, we're back at the prison, and now that giant timer is completely empty, and Wes is saying, I know it was stupid, but we were playing out in the yard, and the top fell off. Jeanette will give you some more t- timer sand. Mm. She goes, what about using a watch? He says, Peggy, that's not real, Boggle. I mean, he knows how to get to Peggy at this point. You oh, know? yeah, easily. We're back at the house, uh, the shit house, and uh, Jeanette hands her a stereotypical uh, brick of cocaine. Like it's got tape around it and the whole thing. You she's know, like, a, she's just done with the oh, yeah. at this point. Not even, yeah, now it's just, here, here's a brick of coke. Uh, and she goes, well, this should certainly last him a while. Now we're back at the prison. Uh, Wes is just staring at the timer. Uh, it still does have some powder in it. And uh, Peggy says, you're not writing, Wes. All right, I'm going to give you one tiny hint. Oh, rats, there's tar on my star art. Well, no, that's not a tiny hint, Peggy. That You just gave him several words. Just gave him a lot of yeah. words. Yeah, a lot of nothing. She goes, Wes, what is it? He goes, I can't let the guard see me cry. If they sense some weakness, Peggy just immediately, guard, could you please give us some space? You are inhibiting his wordplay. <laughs> He's so weird. <laughs> yeah. You're inhibiting his word. Wes, play. here goes the thing with West. He says, uh, I have something to tell you. Can you hear me? He gets all down in the... Yeah. She goes, I can hear you. He goes, good. Peggy, all this time are saying you've been bringing me. Oh, don't mention that. This is coke, Peggy. You've been smuggling me cocaine. That's a federal offense. And you know what? You're going to bring me more of it. She goes, is this some kind of a... How stupid can you be? I never How had stupid, you as a teacher. Yeah. I grew up in Arkansas. I'm almost 40, for crap's sake. I wrote <laughs> every teacher in the Arlen yearbook, and you were the only sap dumb enough to answer it. Woof. I, I will give uh, props. I, I, I don't remember uh, who it is. Props to the voice actor for that really good change. Oh, yeah. Toby to Huss. Yeah. Toby, Huss. <laughs> Toby Huss does that one, yeah. Yeah. He, he just tells her, you know, I wrote every teacher, and you were the only one dumb enough to answer. That's just crazy. Yeah, it is. Well, that's the thing is, is I just don't understand why she doesn't realize his age. She yeah, has to be able to look 40. at this dude and They're realize the same that he's age. way That's older than That's what I'm her. saying. He's 40. Yeah. Uh, she goes, uh, so all that about being the only positive influence? He goes, here's what you're going to do. You're going to bring me a brick of cocaine every week, and that's not all. And then he starts whispering, you know what? I want Peggy Hill. And, he just, and it kind of fades off, right? Yeah. Now we're at the Hill dining table that night. Uh, everybody is sitting around there. That's Hank, Peggy, Bobby, and Luann. And they are eating Sloppy Joes. Uh, you ever have Sloppy Joes? You like yeah, Sloppy Joes? I've had sl- I, I do sandwiches. like Sloppy Joes, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm not ashamed. I make Sloppy Joes for dinner sometimes. I really? Like it. That's I not like bad. Manwich Sloppy no. Joes, yeah. Manwich Sloppy Joes are good. Actually, if the you The hard go- part is trying to, like, add a healthy side to it. Yeah. Because sometimes... Potatoes. Yeah, potatoes or maybe <laughs> some broccoli or something. Baby Because I just peas. have it just the meat and the thing. Sure. Sometimes I try to put cheese on it, but just it's just... It's not, it's not a Sloppy Joe if you have cheese. It's just no. a... Broken burger at that point. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. You know, speaking of that, at uh, a local restaurant here, Twisted Root, uh, they are this month featuring the Sloppy Joe. Uh, you can go in there and get a Oh, uh, really? Joe. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I like Twisted Roots. Uh, I like all their weird burgers, the weird meats, uh, the, yeah. uh, the variety yeah. stuff. Kangaroo. Like they do ostrich and kangaroo and elk uh, and stuff yeah. like that. Me and my brother-in-law, when he was in town, he's a big foodie. Anytime he's in town, me and him go eat, eat a bunch yeah. of food. It's and, good. 
Uh, it's one of the only times I'll, I'll sit around and try a bunch of liquors and beers and stuff because he sure. likes to try artists and stuff. He really likes balconies. We send him balconies yeah. all the time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we ate there, and I think it was the ostrich. The ostrich yeah. is really, really good. Their uh, their ranch flavored pickles are the best. Uh, they're just in a big old open barrel. Um, so uh, if I die, you know that's what I died from. From a barrel of pickles. Bobby picks up his sloppy Joe and it just falls apart. And he goes, "My sloppy Joe is all sloppy and no Joe," which I think is a fantastic quote. Uh, Peggy goes, "Oh, I forgot to add the meat," and she's just she's broken. This has broken her. She goes, "How could I be so freaking stupid?" She looks around and everybody just looks real sheepishly at her because they know how she gets. Yeah. I also love how I guess no one noticed, no one else except Bobby <laughs> that noticed there wasn't there was any meat. No meat. It was yeah. just sauce. Yeah, it's just sauce. All sloppy, no Joe. <laughs> that was the biggest, one of the best lines ever. She goes, Luann, Bobby, why don't you go get some money from my purse and go out for pizza?" And then they just immediately leave, uh, which is great. Then she just puts her head down and starts sobbing. I mean, she's sobbing a lot and, and super quick. Oh, she lot. goes, oh, Hank, it's so awful. Hank, I've been smuggling cocaine into Wes. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's how you say it. He goes, smuggling cocaine? That's got to be illegal, Peggy. <laughs> That's my favorite quote right illegal, there. illegal, Peggy. She goes, well, I thought it was Boggle Sand, and now he's making all kinds of demands. Now Hank is reading from the list. He goes, one box of pornography, a jug of corn liquor, a Farrah Fawcett poster, a Milwaukee Sawzall, and a brick of cocaine on every Tuesday. <laughs> he says, he goes, oh, well, he certainly revealed his true colors. I don't think you'll be going back to see him again. She, goes, yeah. she is very panicked, and she goes, Hank, I will, or he'll, have to, he'll turn me in. They will send me to jail. I guess you're happy now. You get to say I told you so, and she just starts crying and crying. And, she, and then she whispers, jerk. Like, like Hank freaking yeah, did. It. Like I mean, well, it's because she knows he, he. We know he's thinking. Oh, it. He sure. still wants to say it so fast. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, he goes, look, don't panic. Uh, he's not going to turn you in. He's just bluffing. He has nothing to gain. She says, well, he has nothing to lose either. Hank, there's no row after death row. Which she's right. There's she's right. no row after death row. <laughs> just row, row, row your boat. The phone rings. She's just like, that's Wes. Don't answer it. He goes, I'll handle this because it's time for Hank to step up, right? Yeah, it's his time. He said, murderers are just bullies. If you stand up to them, they always crumble. Hank, that's not correct. That, that is, is not, not right. They are murderers. Correct. They will murder you. Uh, he answers the phone. He goes, this is Hank Hill. Uh, you, uh, well, you're not getting any more of your funny timer saying, and you're going to leave my wife alone. Uh-huh, uh-huh, because we're only here in Hank's side. <laughs> only here in his side. He yeah, goes, yeah. no, your ass is mine because <laughs> we've got a plan. Sure we do. It's a terrific plan. We discarded two perfectly good plans when we came up with this great one. And then he hangs up. This is just the best section of oh, the episode. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Peggy looks at him and she's like, oh, why didn't you tell me about our terrific plan? He says, Peggy, I made that up. <laughs> and the other two plans? Uh, he says if he doesn't get his Coke by noon on Tuesday, he's going to turn you in just for fun. Now Hank, you got Hank calling it just Coke, just you know, Coke, which yeah. is crazy. Hank's over there, oh, yeah, it's that Coke. <laughs> so now we're in the bedroom again with the Hills, and uh, they're both just pacing back and forth, trying to come up with a solution to this thing. And he goes, look, just go to the warden and tell him you were naive and that uh, Wes tricked you. She goes, I can't. They made me watch a short film about the dangers of smuggling things into the prisoners. It was called Don't Be a Mule. She just starts crying. She goes, I even got 100 on the test they gave me afterwards. Hank says, well, you can't smuggle any more drugs in, that's for sure. Hey, what would happen if we just gave Wes a brick of regular timer sand? She says, well, we, we can't do that. He's going to deal this batch to the Aryan Brotherhood. <laughs> if, yeah, if boy, they it got think, deep. It got really deep really fast. If they think he tried to pull a fast one. 
Hank says, oh, they'd make a pin cushion out of him. What the hell has happened here? All of a sudden. <laughs> well, honestly, it's not know. a bad idea. Just let him does. screw over the AB. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Let him kill him. <laughs> uh, she says, well, unless he tastes it. He always tasted the timer sand when I brought it in. Well, God damn it, Peggy. That's what I'm He's saying. He's tasting the damn sand. Well, not only that, uh, I, I've, I've asked uh, my, my brother. He works at a jail, so yeah. I've, I've asked him kind of how that would work, and he's like, yeah, there's no way to uh, to kind of get that in in the jail with, and through jail and all the way to an inmate before they've already figured out what's in it kind of thing. Yeah, because one be, of the guards have, like, taken it away and tested it after she left. Well, no, what would have happened is is they would have screened what they were bringing in before they even brought it in. So they would have saw she was bringing a boggle set in. They would have took the... They would have took the sand timer and broke it, whether they were breaking it or not, and just make sure that it was sand. Uh-huh. You know, so they would have either broke it or opened it if it was able to be opened. Even in the nineties, though, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, probably, I mean, they yeah. weren't. I mean, it depends. It depends on the corruption level in the in the jail you're in. Yeah, but uh, some it's, some mm-hmm. situations it doesn't happen anymore. But you could get caught, and then they would be like, "All right, well, you give me whatever cash you got on you, and then you know you won't be in trouble," kind of thing. So she she should have known something was up. He's tasting the damn sand. Every yeah, there there yeah there definitely is. There's definitely more going on than she she was sad oh, to. Yeah, she goes. Well, I I can I can relate to Peggy a bit here because you know sometimes when when you think you're when you think you're in the high of like helping somebody, making you feel good about yourself. Yeah, sure. You, you, I guess you kind of so. ignore the red flags. She goes, you know, uh, I didn't think anything of it at the time. He always said it was very good timer sand. Primo. Yeah, <laughs> and she primo. just lays down on the bed yeah, and just sobs. He, uh... So this is the next day. We're back at the Hill House. Uh, Hank is watching the Texas clock in the uh, in the little breakfast area there, the nook. The nook uh, yeah. And he says, well, it's 40 minutes past noon. I think you're clear. She goes, well, maybe the phone isn't working. So she goes over there to pick up the phone to test it. Which I don't know if y'all ever had a hard line in your house, but that is something that you would do every once in a while just to make sure you got a dial tone. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, if you were waiting on a call from somebody, especially a girl, you would. Uh, well, maybe the phone's not working or whatever, you know. No, I yeah, but then that. you pick it up, and then the second you pick it up, you're like, "Damn it! That could have she could have called at the exact That's moment. Exactly right. It was you busy. Got it. There was no <laughs> call waiting at that job. time. Yeah. No. That's a that '70s show joke. She, <laughs> she picks it up and goes, "Hank, there's no dial tone. Oh, hello." Well, this is the freakiest thing. I didn't even hear the phone ring. Well, well, yes, Warden, I understand. I will be there. And then she hangs it up. She goes, okay, he wants me to come in and explain myself tomorrow. Well, I guess I better make Bobby's lunch for the next two to five years. <laughs> 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 she puts her head down on the kitchen table. She's just sobbing. Bobby walks in. He goes, what's going on? Hank's like, uh, nothing. Hey, who's in the mood for some fun? And Hank and Bobby both raise their hands. We're now at the Arlen Fun Center because Hank figures, let's just go and play some arcade games. You know, that'll make everybody happy. Uh, and Bobby is playing a game called Gilda. Uh, Whatever that is. Also in this arcade is a game called Fort Apache, uh, Road Rage. There's one called Black Belt, and then we see one called Spycraft. None of those are real. None of them are real. But this Gilda game that that uh, Bobby is playing has like a female assassin trying to get around in this castle or something. And he goes, look, Mom, Gilda's trapped in a fortress, but I'm going to break her free. And then you see the video game screen. Oh, and- Gilda. So he's rescuing Gilda. So that's probably Zelda is what they're parodying. Eh, maybe. maybe. This is more like it looks to me like more of a fighting game. 
Well, yeah. Well, if if you're playing the female, then it's yeah. Well, like, I guess it could. I don't know. The only unbelievable part here is that Hank's letting Bobby play a game where he plays a female. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But in the game, Gilda gets the crap beat out of her, and the game's over. Uh, and then Peggy takes. <laughs> she feels bad for Bobby, and she goes, "Oh, my sweet, sweet little boy." My sweet. Whenever sweet she calls him sweet, sweet little boy, it just creeps me out for some yeah, reason. It sounds weird. That's why. Hank says, uh, Peggy, I, uh, uh, how are you set for quarters? <laughs> Hank is so bad at trying to make people He's feel bad better. At just about everything. He yeah. goes, no, that's not what I meant to say. Uh, look, you said the other day you've never had a positive impact on anybody's life. Well, I want you to know that you have. And I hate to think where Bobby, Luann, and I would be without you. Come on, these moles aren't going to whack themselves. And so they go over to the whack-a-mole. And they're crying. The whack-a-mole starts, and both of them are just sobbing. All three of them are playing whack-a-mole, but they're yeah. all just sobbing. Yeah, it's it's very, very sad. Mom's but there's whack-a-mole. Yeah, mom's going to jail. So we're back at the jail, uh, and we see Dale come in. He is in the middle of the jail cells, which, you know, in like the hallway between the jail cells, which I don't think they're going to let you in there, Dale. I don't, I don't think they're going to let him in there That's nuts. But he's in his orange jumpsuit. He's got his gas mask on. He's got a spray can. You know, the same one he lit on fire at the cops, uh, which had no repercussions whatsoever, apparently. None. Uh, he says, it is my destiny to be the nameless, faceless executioner. But do not fear me, for I am just part of the circle of life. The last part. Yeah. And then he, he like, jumps at one of the prisoners and goes, Major Flinch. The dude's unhinged. Oh, he's, he's insane. Guard comes out and says, lunch. And then he pulls the lever and every one of the cells <laughs> open. So now Dale's in trouble. And uh, one of the guys looks at him and goes, ah! And he just runs away in Dale, in typical yeah. Dale fashion. He just runs away. He's unhinged. He needs, uh, he needs a doctor himself. He needs something, man. He needs to stop sniffing all them chemicals. That's uh, what it is. The chemicals are getting him. So Hank is taking Peggy back to the prison because she's got to face it now with the warden. Uh, and they they come in, you know, they go through all the gates and everything and all the razor wire. Now we're in the warden's office, and the warden says, Mrs. Hill, did you smuggle cocaine into my prison? She goes, I came into the prison to make an impact to help. And then Wes is there. He's all handcuffed, and he's got ankle cuffs on and all that stuff. He goes, help? How? By getting me hooked? Do you give all your students drugs? That's not the right way to motivate that's us. Terrible. That's <laughs> terrible that he says it like that, too, because that's not what this yeah. – that was not her intent. That was not her premise. Well, Peggy, wrong. she goes, I never meant to. She says, or, uh, uh, Wes says, tell him, Peggy, tell him about the boggle timers. She goes, stop rushing me. He says, come clean, tell him the truth. She says, I came here to tell the truth. I would never dream of telling anything else. Um, she and, and she she looks over and she sees Wes sitting there in the chair. His His leg is bouncing up and down. He's flinching. Uh, and then she looks down and sees this empty timer next to him. You know, the giant timer that she had brought in filled with cocaine. Yeah, he should have left the cocaine alone and he yeah. doesn't have cocaine. any evidence. <laughs> cocaine uh, And the guy's like sniffing. And stuff. I mean, he's obviously going through some withdrawals here. You know, he's getting a little antsy. She goes, I never saw this man before in my life. And, and what I mean by that is I did not bring him cocaine. <laughs> okay, Peggy. Uh, she goes, I would like to please see the evidence against me. And the, the, he sets the timer up on the warden's desk and it's completely empty, completely empty. So there is at this point, it appears that there is no, yeah, evidence. she goes, but there's no cocaine in there. In fact, it looks like it's been licked clean, licked clean. Good God. Wes says, well, I had a little bit left this morning, but that was an, imp this is an important meeting. I wanted to be up for it. She says, so this is the only evidence against me. 
And Wes looks at the warden and goes, that should be enough. She goes, I didn't bring in a thing. He says, I swear to God, she smuggled cocaine into me. And Hank says, so uh, I guess it's his convert, convict's word against my wife. Against my wife. Now, yeah. let's see. Who can we trust? Peggy, have you ever decapitated anyone? <laughs> she nope. goes, She goes, no. She doesn't just say no. She goes, no, I don't believe I yeah, have. Did they mention what he did? I don't believe I have. That's the first mention well, of what he did, right? Well, he said he shot the guy and blew his head oh, off. Oh, shot the yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, he did say that. You're right, you're right. Peggy goes, how about you, Wes? Have you ever done anything that caused a, med, a man's head to come off? <laughs> That's crazy how he, how he says that, too, because he used a gun. That's just, uh, just so gruesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he then leaps at Peggy. He doesn't get very far because he's all chained nope. up. Yeah, he's, uh, he hits the floor pretty quickly. Yeah. And he's just like, Argh! he's freaking out, you know. Uh, and uh, the guards get him, and then we fade into the truck uh, with Peggy and Hank coming home. Uh, and of course, in wonderful Peggy fashion, she says, I guess someone owes me an apology. Uh, yeah, she's so pretentious. <laughs> Hank says, I wouldn't hold your breath. I don't think Wes even apologized for the people he killed. <laughs> hey, <that's laughs> Which is a great she quote. Would, yeah. She goes, I was talking about you. He goes, oh, I'm sorry. He goes, do you even know what you're apologizing for? No, I I'm sorry. I don't. She goes, I accept. You apologize because you said I couldn't take care of myself and I can. So there. He said, I thought it had something to do with the prison. I don't think people ever know what they apologize. And that's for. it, man. That's uh, they, We get our credits. And about uh, end of the credits, we hear Bobby once again say, all sloppy, no Joe. All sloppy, no Joe. That's one of my favorite jokes. And that's how we take show. it out. Hey, uh, I wanted to mention one thing real quick. What you got for uh, us? Starting next week, we have a, uh, a sponsor that's come on board, Blendjet. Blendjet. They are uh, a little portable blender that you take around with you, and we'll we'll tell you all about them next week. But if you guys have a chance, go check out Blendjet.com. Blendjet uh, in the meantime, yeah, we got our blenders in yesterday. Oh, cool. Uh, you and I both are going to take them home, try them out. Oh, they uh, sent us both one? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Dude, we got... We got a five show deal. So five different shows got this deal with Blendjet and see, everybody see. got a blender. Someone awesome. does value you. I do. I value you as yeah, much well, as a blender it. costs. I mean, I don't, but Mike does. Sure. Well, sure. That somebody does. All right, man. Tell them where <laughs> they can find us. All right, guys. So you could find us anywhere you get podcasts. Podcasts. You can also find us at roguemedianetwork.com as well as B-W-A-A-A-K-O-T-H on all social media platforms. You could also find us on Linktree. That's where all of everything is in a neat platform for you to use at L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash B-W-A-A-A-K-O-T-H. And thank you everybody that's still watching the YouTube. The YouTube views still keep going up. They're at 2,000 now. And uh, we appreciate that. I'm going to get season two up ASAP for you guys. I just got to get the 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 files from Mike, and we'll get that going. Yep, yep, yep. We are uh, we're doing some different stuff with our video. We've got some uh, some cool news coming. Yeah, so we'll have that coming. So that'll be like yeah. side by side. So we'll put the uh, the video content up on YouTube yeah. on the channel, and then I'll still continue to be putting out the old episodes that are non-video. Yeah. I think the uh, I think the set and all the stuff that's coming uh, for video for us is probably going to go uh, on like our Patreon or something like that. So you guys be looking forward to that. Uh, we've got a lot of extra content coming, so uh, super excited about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. All right, well, I think that's it, and we will see you guys next time. Uh, in the meantime, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you. Wimitanye. Wimitanye, indeed.
This has been a Rogue Media Network production.